Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast, where our weekly goal is to bring the Lordship of Jesus Christ to every aspect of our life. And our desire, of course, is to demonstrate the superiority of uh, ideas and mostly God's ideas, that God's ideas bring maximum joy and pleasure and blessing in all of life. And uh, therefore, we should be knowing what those ideas are, pursuing those ideas, embracing those ideas. How about this? Submitting to those ideas yeah. uh, and, concept, and, yeah. uh, and following the Lord with joy. That's yeah. our heart. And speaking of ideas, we're going to talk of some powerful, interesting yes, ideas today. And both you and I love ideas. You know, I even brought this book, Consequences of Ideas. That, a, a classic. Yes. And, and, and we're going to talk about some of the, the worldviews. But, In fact, you, at, yeah. at Living Stones, you hear us use that phrase a lot, ideas have consequences. Yeah. Uh, because the seed form of a, of a thought, when lived out, right. produces results. It's like planting a seed in the ground. It, you know, you look at a seed, you're like, right. well, what is this going to be? Well, you don't really know. Put it in the ground, out comes this yeah. amazing plant with lots of fruit. So right. you better figure out what it is you just planted. Yeah. Or you plant the seed and comes out this venomous snake, <laughs> and you're like, wait a second, that's not what I meant to exactly. plant, right? Thorns, thistles, yeah. poison, you know, and everything that, else. And that's why it's important to understand and study history and look at I, the consequences of, of ideas. Absolutely. Know? And then make sure we're living out good ideas, good ideas and, and, and expecting good fruit to, to happen. And learn from bad ideas to not do them again. Absolutely. You know? Um, but but today we're going to talk about uh, the, the powerful sermon series we're doing right now called Modern Life. And really your heart behind was was how Jesus confronts modern culture, yep. you know. But even before that, I, and, and I do want to get into that because it's been exciting, but I want to talk about, you know, we're in a great season. And, and I just want to encourage people, you know, I say great season, 2020 caught everybody. It's <laughs> like, what pastor are you talking about? But how many of you know God, 2020 is the Lord's. Yeah. You know, Jesus is Lord of history. Uh, 2020 did not catch Jesus by surprise, and all the craziness going on in our culture uh, does not at all uh, suggest that Jesus is not Lord, and that God's people, this is an amazing time for us to grow, for us to prosper, for us to be transformed, and we're seeing, you know, incredible blessing uh, here locally. In fact, so much so, I want, to, I want you to talk about a vision that came out, you know, we're, we're seeing a, a flood of young adults yeah. uh, uh, who are just hungry and and looking to gather and looking to connect and and you know and looking to have some answers for this season of their life. Absolutely, you know we're starting a, a new ministry called Common Grounds is really to gear to our young adults and, and again our heart you know Pastor Aaron and I are kind of um, tag teaming on this and and our heart really is to uh, encourage uh, y- young adults, young professional, what you want to call it, in this unique season of life in which you kind of out of your parents' house, you start mm-hmm. a new career, you start these new adventures, but you kind of feel like you're alone. Um, and we want to be there for you so you're not alone to help give you some yeah. guidelines, give you, you know, cause we've been through that phase. We understand uh, the pitfalls, but also the funds and adventures of phase, but it's just all the ups and downs. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting time if you have a good support system, right? you know, and we want to be that support systems for many not- people. I think, especially you add the cold COVID thing on it. This yeah. is a time of incredible isolation and loneliness and sure. people, you know, I've said before, I don't know how people that don't have the local church, I don't know how you survive because yeah. we just need each other. Absolutely. So this is a common ground. This is a gathering place on common ground where people can come together, going through the same, uh, you know, life challenges, yeah. same season in life. Right. 
same questions right. in life um, and come together. So when does that start? How do people yeah. get find out about it? Well, we check out our social media and the church. Uh, there's links to it. But we're meeting basically at Livingstone's Church in the cafe this coming Sunday, September 27th at 6.30 p.m. We're meeting yeah. in the cafe because we want to facilitate relationships. So you're watching this. This is probably Thursday or later in the week uh, when you're finding this. Uh, please know that that's coming up quick Sunday night. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Also, right on the heels of, you know, that'll be Sunday. And then that next week, October 1st through 3rd, Band of Brothers. It is the most incredible men's conference that we want to invite all the men, young and old alike, yeah. to come out and be a part of this. Starts Thursday night, all day Friday, half a day Saturday. Our theme this year is Arise and Build. And uh, I know I just finished up sending off my notes uh, for PowerPoint. Yeah. I'm excited. I've got a, I've got a, uh, a, an exciting word from the Lord that I believe will be a great encouragement for the men I'll be sharing on Friday morning, but we'll be hearing from all the pastors and leaders yeah. across our network. I got a sneak peek from Pastor Ron's notes. I've never heard something like this before, a perspective that I've never heard before. So you don't want to miss it. I'm not even going to tell you what it is, but you need to come and listen to it. It's good. I'm like, whoa, I need to hear more. So that's, uh, well, you're going to hear more. Yeah, it's it's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be good. So anyway, God's moving. We want you to be a part of it. If we can help in any way, we always encourage you, please interact with this uh podcast. Uh, we want to know your heart. We want to know what's hitting, what's helping, what 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 are further questions that might have been stirred up in your heart. You know, really our goal is to uh, to serve you and to help you become a great disciple of Jesus Christ. So back to the sermon series. Back to this powerful sermon series. You know, uh, we are, we're not pulling out punches. Now, I love your heart during this. You're going straight for it. You're going for the glory of God, the Lordship of Jesus. But but share a little bit about your, how you came up with the sermon series. Yeah. What was in your heart? How did you? Well, as you know, point? we believe ideas do have consequences. And you've also heard this said, elections have consequences mm -hmm. because elections are really about ideas. Yeah. And so we're not election focused, but we are Jesus focused and and what's going on in our nation is so important right yeah. now. So really what I felt like the Holy Spirit laid on my heart was to do, first of all, a series directly to God's people, the church. And so this series called Modern Life, Jesus Confronts American Culture, is really uh, a challenge for the church to be the church. And, and, and how are we... How are we doing that under the blessings of, uh, and the curses, I guess, and the challenges of modern life? Mm -hmm. You know, um, there are a certain set of seductions that we find ourselves facing as God's people because we're, yeah. whether we like it a lot or not, whatever culture you're being raised in or immersed in or working in or raising your family in, it has an impact on you. You know, you, you don't realize that it's subtle. It's it's the air in which we breathe. We're Americans. So yeah. that means the American culture is going to have an impact on us. We just need to be aware of what is that, you know, impact? What are those seductive forces that are at work that we need to guard ourselves yeah. from? Because at the end of the day, we've shared this, you know, the, the health of our nation is not dependent upon, uh, you know, this or that, or the president, or the party, or whatever, although those things all have an impact. But as the church goes, so goes the nation. Yeah. And so our focus should be on the church. When the church is healthy, the nation's blessed. When the church is full of compromise and weakness and corruption, and we're not really living out the gospel, yeah. the ripple effect is that our nation suffers. Yeah. And, that, and so my heart in this series is, wow, let's be the people that God's called us to be. Let's make sure 
we're living out the gospel. And let's make sure we're not falling prey to the seductions of modern society. Well, that's good. And you know, as I'm getting older, when I was younger, I didn't really understand the value of the institution of the church, the body of Christ on planet. I was just like, we're a little, we're a little church and we do our thing and then there's the world out there. As I'm getting older, I'm looking at all the institutions all around me, and one by one, they're just falling into secularism and falling to the to the to the yeah. to the the world's worldview. And I'm realizing, wow, the the church, you know, not all churches, some churches look are are are, are the almost the last ground, the last battlegrounds. Oh, absolutely. You know, standing against some of these secular forces, I'm recognizing, wow, really, the church does direct the, the direction of the nation, absolutely. the power of the church. Because yeah. again, as we're doing our job of making disciples, yeah sharing our values, uh, seeing the consequences of, of Christian ideas mm -hmm. and the blessing that's there, that, that causes the society to rise. Yeah. When the church is just like the world, right. we're no different than the world, we, we capitulate or compromise with the world, right. then we have really nothing to offer. And, and th there should be a jealousy. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, there should be a holy jealousy for the glory of God and the health of the church. I mean, church is not an institution. It's not what you do on Sunday. Church is the people of God. Yeah. And, and you, cannot, you cannot be a follower of Jesus and not love Christ's church. Right. You know, people that say, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. Oh, I'm a Christian, but I don't really read the Bible. I'm a Christian, but everybody at church is a hypocrite. You don't even have a clue about what you're talking about. To know Jesus is to love his people. To know Jesus is to want to see the church be successful and impactful and to want to see Jesus glorified. Right. I mean, that just comes with it. So, you, you again, if you're a sincere disciple of Jesus Christ, then you're going to love God. You're going to care about his reputation, and, and, and you're going to care about his people in the earth because we are his hands, his feet. We are the visible representation yeah. of Jesus in the earth. That's, That's what good. the church is. Yeah, to me, church is really the avenue vessel of the supernatural into our world. You know? Absolutely. And when he says you're, we're the, the church is the bo his body, I mean, that's not like just a some type of, you know, metaphor. colorful language. Yeah, metaphor. Yeah. No, we are literally. And, and that's vessel. a responsibility. I mean, think about that. Jesus is the head. We are the body, which means he's expecting us to carry out his agenda. Yeah. I mean, a head without a body doesn't get much done, right? right? And a body without the head doesn't get much done. But he's right. it, it is a beautiful uh, relationship that right. God's called us to. It's a privilege. Right. And it's interesting because, you know, if we really are the basically the stabilizing, the, the advancing, the forces for good on planet Earth, how could we be declared non-essential? You know, <laughs> to the pastors, you know. So in our world today, it's like the church is non-essential, essential, non-essential. It's like, no, to, at least the Christians, we, we are the most essential. We're like, that's like saying... Oxygen is not important yeah. to the human body. It's right. like, no, if you're not breathing, you're going to right. die. But embed even that statement is a clash of worldview. You know, and we're not even talking about the world, we're just talking about Christians. Like, hey, do you understand? Do you as a Christian understand that the church is essential? Because yeah. the Bible is and, pretty clear and about you personally, that. how essential you personally are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's not some big collectivism thing. It's like, no, you, no, you no. and I, we are the body of Christ. Yes. Together we come and we have a powerful impact. In fact, the Bible says the gates of hell could not prevail yeah. against the church. In other words, we're we're the offensive uh force for righteousness and good, yeah. and we are unstoppable when we get it right. Yeah. We're pathetic when we get it wrong. And that's why the whole purpose of this sermon series is let's not be pathetic. Right. Let's be the powerful people of God. And I love it. I love what you were saying to us. Like, you know, if the church is off, then we're then there's how much is that darkness? Yeah. So 
so correction and revival and, and brokenness and repentance first starts in the church. Yeah, we, we cannot move into a discussion of what needs to happen nationally if we don't get our act together first. And, yeah. you know, the Bible says judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Well, that just means the Lord's going to clean up his people before he's going to clean up culture. Yeah. Uh, and so we've got to be uh, living the message that yeah. we are professing. Yeah, it has to first take root in our hearts, yeah. and that's why, just as you said, there's got to be repentance, there's got to be soul searching, there's got to be humility. Um, but we have we have got for the, for the sake of the glory of God and for the health of His church, we've got it to move in and really say, Lord, examine my heart. I want to make sure I'm living the gospel. That's good. Every one of us has to examine our own hearts. Yeah, and then we've got to say, Lord, make me more like You. And and that's why we get into some of these seductions that are coming up. Because they really mess with our ability to to live the gospel with integrity. Yeah. And one thing as I'm going through the sermon series and going through notes, realizing, you know, these seductions are not new. No. Over and over, cyclical throughout a generation, these worldviews, these seduction, these comforts and, and, and roles of life comes upon the people of God. Exactly. You know, so it's not like what we're experiencing is unprecedented. No, we simply just need to look at history yeah. and what, see the cycle. What is unprecedented mm -hmm. is the American exceptionalism that we are living in today. Yeah. And, and and let me explain that. It doesn't mean that Americans are better, smarter, more blessed by God, more favored by God. What it means is we have seen through the implementation of ideas, mm -hmm. God's ideas that come from the Bible, that come from God speaking. We have, our forefathers have taken those ideas and implemented them into real life. Yeah. And just as we said, you plant that seed in the ground. When it's God's seed and when it's an idea that comes from God's mind, that means that it is ultimate reality. And when you live your life in accordance with ultimate reality, you're blessed. And so one of the things that we're experiencing in America today, one of the seductions, is we're actually um, falling prey to two things that are the result of incredible blessing from God. Number one is freedom. Mm -hmm. And I challenged our people on Sunday. This is why you need to go on mission trips. You need to read the, about what's happening in the world. America is the uh, beacon uh, of, of some of the greatest liberty that people have ever experienced in the history of nations. America has, has been a shining star of religious liberty and freedom. Uh, that is a blessing and a curse. And we're going to get into that in weeks yeah. to come. Like, how do we sustain that? That's the next series. Yeah. Um, but the freedom also has led to unprecedented prosperity. In other words, we have money. Mm -hmm. we, have, we have the resources to do what our freedom allows us to do. So you might be have a, I want to go and become such and such with my life. Well, that's great. Then that means you're going to need to go to college. Well, you can probably raise the money and go to college, get scholarships. In other words, freedom and prosperity together make for lots of choices. Yeah. And the problem is when we have lots of choices and we have lots of options and we have freedom and we have prosperity, those very things come and, and, uh, and seduce us into turning away from God yeah. and to thinking that God's unnecessary. And that's kind of where America is at and where many Christians are at today. We've become so blessed whether it's our health system, whether it's tech, science and technology, right. all those blessings of modern right. life, those blessings end up becoming a curse to us if we're not careful. And I just want to put, put a pause point there. Like when you say we're blessed, again, 
for those who are like, well, I don't feel blessed. Or for those who feel like, I don't feel like I have a lot of choices. Well, I have the student loan, I have this. And what would you say to them when you say you're so blessed? What would you say to those? <laughs> I would just say that. Wake up and smell the coffee. Uh, I don't want to mention nations, but I, I could. I mentioned a lot of nations where you would wake up in the morning and have zero options. Um, I, I know countries where Christians, for instance, uh, they have no economic options because their governments are led by wicked people who hate Christians, uh, who have different ideologies, different ideas about life, different worldviews. Yeah. And, and, and I can't tell them, hey, why don't you go to college and become a doctor? It's not an option for them. I can't tell them, why don't you run for office and change things? It's not an option for yeah. them. In fact, they might be persecuted or killed if they come out publicly with their ideas. So yeah. I would say to Americans, especially American Christians, let's stop whining and stop being victims and stop this whole oppressive, you know, oppressor, oppressive Marxist ideology nonsense. And I'll say that again, it's absolute nonsense. It shouldn't even be in our lips. We have such unbelievable opportunity in this country, and we have access to resources. And you might be saying, well, I'm not that, I don't have that good of a job, or I don't seem to have a lot of money. Well, do something about it. That's the point. You have freedom. You have opportunities. Yeah. You can go work hard. You can save your money. Yeah. There's all kinds of people that will come around you. There's people that will loan you money. Um, and so... We are the most blessed people on planet Earth, and we have the most opportunity. And here's the truth of Scripture. Mm -hmm. To whom much has been given, much, much is going to be required. Yeah, and, and, and you're not even just talking about, like, th so-called third world or developing countries. I'm talking about developed countries, yeah, for exactly. other first world countries that I've lived in and been at. And I saw the amount of work hours they have to work to make a certain amount of money that barely is above the margin. Whereas in America, it's like... The margins for prosperity is just way higher. I mean, I go to other nations and I come back. I'm talking about first world nations, not necessarily third world nations. And I come back and I'm just like, man, yeah. it's so nice to live in America. I've prayed with people who have been laid off from a job, for instance. Mm -hmm. And they'll say things like, you know, pastor, you know, you need to pray for me to get a job because things are rough right now. We're having to cut into our savings. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, seriously, yeah. we're having to cut into our savings. I mean, now that's a great problem to have. Now, nobody wants to cut into their retirement, right? but most people don't have a retirement. But just in context, look outside the world. When you yeah. lose your job, you're like home, going hungry. Exactly. You know? And that's why, you know, again, as we're dealing with this whole COVID thing, our right. church has been able to bless people who are like, we can't work. There's no money. Right. You know, I mean, that's, there's no margin. Right. So I, again, I think that that context is so important to just even talk about anything else. It's like when you trash America, who is the standard and what are you comparing stuff to? Is America perfect? No, but what is the comparison? Compare me to this utopia idea you have. No, compare it to other nations. Don't pick one metric. Of course, on one metric, America might be losing when you compare one metric, but let's look at it as a whole the prosperity and the opportunity. My kids can literally do almost 99.9% .9 of anything they want to do. Absolutely. They might not be able to play in the NBA because they're not that tall. <laughs> yeah. So not we, that tall. They do have realistic limitations. Realistic limitations. <laughs> I get that. But in terms of academics, they can literally do anything they want because they have a parent who love them. I don't make a lot. I'm not, I'm no gazillionaire. I'm not, you know, I'm not some mogul or whatever. But if they work hard, they can pretty much do anything they want with good support and, and encouragement. And that's crazy. That's crazy good. That's a prosperity we have in our nation today. But as I pointed out, we're losing that right yes. now. And we're a divided nation. And I shared in the message, we're a divided nation, not because of race primarily, although we are, we're dealing with some of fallout from that, and not because of politics, even though we're more divided politically than ever, but we're dealing with 
a collision of worldviews. Yeah. And that's what this whole podcast is about, is the superiority of a Judeo-Christian worldview. Yeah. Um, it's a, it goes back to ideas, and I, and I, I made a strong point uh, that what we're experiencing right now is, is what one theologian called a cut flower civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, cut flowers are beautiful, but they only last for a moment. Yeah. In fact, my wife would always tell me, honey, I love flowers, but I'd rather go out and have a date. I'd rather go out and spend time together because those flowers are going to be dead in a week. Yeah. And, and why that is a powerful metaphor is because uh, when you take the ideas that led to American greatness, which we could argue are Judeo-Christian uh, beliefs and ideas, mm-hmm. and you cut them from the source. In other words, we, we reject God. We reject the church. We reject the Bible. We reject the ideas that made those flowers possible. Mm-hmm. Then you look at those flowers in the vase and you say, we can live without you, God. We don't need you. We're, we're, we're going to, we're blessed, we're free. Yeah. And you forget where the blessing and freedom came from. It's only a matter of time before those flowers are wilted and dead. Yeah. And, and this is a prophetic picture for Americans today, and especially for the church, because you know what? We're seeing a lot of dead flowers. And we can't, we can't hide from that. America is in a, a, a struggle for her soul right now. And uh, if we do not return to the source of those ideas, most notably God himself, we cannot expect for American blessing and prosperity and freedom to be sustained. In fact, it is unsustainable. It it will collapse. America will collapse upon herself, and we will lose the freedom and prosperity and blessings that we have enjoyed um, in this nation. Now, can you get to get some specific examples of some of the Judeo-Christian values that led to all the prosperity we see today. A lot of people might not be familiar with what they look like. Sure. You know? Well, one, for instance, is the whole, we talk a lot about rights in America, right? Mm-hmm. We're Americans. We have our rights. Yeah. Well, rights came from God. Our founding fathers understood this. Those yeah. inalienable rights come right. from God, which is the, the source of those rights and also the security for those rights. Because if, if my rights come from you, you might change your mind. And all of a sudden, deny me my rights, or yeah. you might give somebody else rights that take away my rights. Yeah, that's good. But when rights come from God, they have a, a secure foundation. So, right. for instance, we we in this country, for from our beginning, have valued human dignity. We talk about human rights. Mm. That's a, it's a, it's a powerful word. That that has completely changed its definition, though. Today, yeah, we used to value the sanctity of life because life was from God, the mm-hmm. author of life. Mm-hmm. But you look at the evening news and you're seeing things. You're seeing you're seeing people walk up to, for instance, the police officers and shoot him in the face, uh, ambush them. You're, you're seeing drive-by shootings of little children. We're seeing abortion on demand in this country all the way up to nine months right before a child, a viable child, ready to come out of the womb. And even in some states, they'll allow that child to die without any intervention, a baby that survives abortion, allow that child to die. We're seeing a, a complete disregard, a callousness for human life. And you go, why? How could people be so cruel? Because life cut off from the, the author of life yeah. becomes meaningless. And you can talk about human dignity all you want, but if you don't believe in God and you don't believe in the Bible and your worldview does not support a source, then all you then your human dignity is like those cut flowers. Yeah. 
There's nothing to it's it. Good. Yeah. And right now, so much of the, the that's just one example. Yeah. Dignity, right? Well, let me just jump on that. But the human dignity becomes a political point. Absolutely. It's no longer an inherent value, transcendent value that you're gonna believe in. Even with someone, so so even I disagree with you. In fact, your your views destroying me and my kids, and I can't stand you because of the inherent understanding of human dignity. I want to practice civility. But when that's gone. And the, all the political points says to attack you, then there is no human dignity left. And I'm going to throw that out the window. I'm going to attack you, slander, destroy your life, livelihood, destroy your reputation. And we've seen that played out oh. all over America today, right? Excellent point. This is like a, a survival of the fittest where might makes right. Yeah. And, the, and it's the law of the jungle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We saw this in, in Supreme Court nominee, you know, in fact, we're getting ready to have another one, another battle. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that, that people will absolutely try to destroy another human being's reputation, livelihood, career, everything, They'll, for the sake of simply political power? Yeah. And that's why, you know, some people have said, well, Christians are dangerous people when they're in political office because they can't keep their religion out of politics. Now, let me tell you the truth. The most dangerous people to have leading a nation are people for whom Power is their God. Yeah. They're not submitted to God Almighty. Power is their God. They are their own God. And being in charge is all yeah, they care right. about. Those are the people we should be concerned about, not people that have faith, because people who have faith are submitted to God Almighty, and they realize that there's other yeah. other things more important in life right. uh, than their own lust for power. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you mentioned barbarism, and when there's no civility, when there's no understanding of higher power, then you, you you go back to the the dark ages in which you know who wins the guy with the biggest club wins that's right. right that's right so in our today who wins is the one with the biggest social media presence or the biggest uh, money or job or they can fire you at will or they can pressure your boss to fire you yeah I mean that's no different from you know, the the wild wild west and people just shoot each other yeah it's a scary world and yeah. and I and I want people to realize that's the world we're we're increasingly moving yeah. towards the cancel culture that's and all right. that stuff you don't agree with right. me I'll destroy or how you. about this I'll, we'll just riot I'm just saying in that unstable environment just real practical who wants to start a business in that yeah. unstable environment do you want to raise your family yeah well, absolutely I, I don't want to raise think my family dark ages yeah. yeah do you do you want a situation where uh, you know, roaming bands of bands of rioters can come up and burn yeah. your house down, or or shoot yeah. you, or beat you up uh, just because you have a yeah. different point of view. You have a different point of view. They'll just fire you. They cancel your job, and they'll they'll come and just slander you. It's like, no, I don't want to raise my family there. I don't want to start a business there. I don't want to innovate and create. All my energy is used defending myself. I can't use the energy to innovate and create new business and system. That's how so, practically it works. Another yeah. word, okay, it's tolerance. So yeah. even the environment that we used to have, where we could agree to disagree, mm -hmm. you know. Even cross the aisle politically. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I don't, I don't like your ideas, but I, I can still treat you with dignity because you're yeah. someone made in the image and likeness of God. Yeah. Well, of course, tolerance is gone. Tolerance today means you guys believe what, what is the uh, whatever the woke the dogma, yeah, yeah, whatever the current uh, secular dogma is, yeah. or else. Right. That's. Yeah, that's barbarism. That's not tolerance. That's tyranny. Yeah, it's tyranny. And, but that's what we have. Right. But that's the cut flower again. The yeah. word we use the same words. Yeah. But they don't have the same meaning yeah. because they they're, they're no longer attached to a Judeo-Christian worldview. Yeah. And and the other other point, I think the cut flower example is just the idea of a higher power, higher authority. How about this? That you're accountable for your action. There's judgment. How does that affect our culture? You know, today. Sure. And justice is another yeah. word that's yeah. gone with the wind. Yeah.
Yeah. Because justice now is determined by if you get the right judge, right. <laughs> if you have the best attorney, right. if you have the most money, right. if you come from privilege, right. um, if you're on the right side of history. Right. I mean, the idea of justice before a holy God with a divine you know, plumb line, a standard. Right. Well, when you get rid of the plumb line, again, justice just serves whoever is currently in right. power. Right. Uh, and and you lose justice. So, so there's so much at stake, right. and and it's why the church has got to recover her prophetic voice, and why we cannot fall prey to these modern seductions that are right. all around us. And, and if you look on the, around the world, especially in developing nations, you realize one of the biggest limitations to the development and growth and prosperity is corruption. Right? I mean, this is not like a Christian thing. Just look out studies. Corruption is one of the major factors. You try to send them money, good luck getting the money to the actual people who need it. Absolutely. Because the, the governmental organization or whatever sucked that all up and, the, and the, 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 the governor or the president is living grand luxury where people are dying because of corruption it's the two-tiered system again yeah it's the 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 haves and even in, you know even in Marxism the farce of Marxism mm -hmm. is that the leaders mm -hmm. of the movement, live like kings, while the people who are supposed to be all treated equally now, right, redistribution, right. all right. that, they're the ones living as paupers. Right. So, so you didn't elevate anybody. Right. You just pushed everybody down to poverty while the leaders right. uh, of the movement for brotherhood of man live in opulence and, and wealth. And what contributes to the idea is that their idea is the, the concept of the worldview that there's no judgment. There's no God. There's no accountability. Can you imagine living? I mean, that's why in, in, in the old days or in the, years ago, the, one of the requirements for running for office in the United States is you believe in God. And that's, a, that's not just being religious. That's very practical because you understand that corruption one day will be judged. Right? It mean, yeah, it's the fear of the Lord. It means that you, number one, understand you're not God. Right. <laughs> number two, that right. there is a God right. and that you're going to stand before him right. someday. Right. And so they put the fear of God in the heart of leaders, which should be in, in the heart of every person. Now, now in America, general public today, we're still against corruption, right? We're... We, or a blatant or obvious corruption that you could see. And they actually throw corruption at each other all the time. But under the table, if there's no real worldview, the real belief and real transcendent understanding of God, and there's a fear of God in their heart, you can talk about corruption all day, right? But behind, under the table, you're still operating corruption because you know in your heart you don't believe someone's watching you. Right. And these worldview ideas changes everything. It changes everything. That's right. The that's integrity it. of the government and, and the governing officials. If you're not if you're not worshiping God, then at the end of the day, you you're your own God. Yeah. And yeah. and and so you're going to you're going to use your position. That's why I I, I crack up with all these politicians demanding to see somebody's. Uh, tax statement. Yeah. What we should be looking at is how in the world did you come into office as a middle-class citizen and you leave as a multimillionaire? Yeah. That's, that's what we should be asking as citizens. How did you come in as a public servant and somehow use your position to direct all kinds of wealth into your personal coffers right. at the expense of public uh, policy and supposed, supposed to be serving us, but it looks like our tax dollars went to serve you or you use your position, your position. globally yeah. to accumulate a lot of uh, corrupt wealth, right. uh, ill-gotten gain. Right. So this is what happens when the God and his standard and the Bible lose their central place in the hearts of a nation. Right. And this is what we're fighting for right yeah. now. And there's just a couple of examples, and there's many, many more about the cut flower. And I want to remind people, it doesn't matter how beautiful a flower is, once it's cut, it starts to die. That's right. It's dying. Yeah, and America, just to be clear, America's dying. Yeah. We're sick, we're coughing, 
and we've got a fever. We're not dead yet. We're not on life support. Uh, but you need to understand that if we do not see revival in the church and reformation in our culture, um, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. And uh, so I want to encourage you. We're going to put a pause here, and we're going to pick this up next week because we're going to talk next week about a, some very specific or a very specific seduction that we're all confronted with as Americans right now. You won't want to miss that. I want to encourage you too. We're really speaking into what's going on in the culture right now, and I believe God has something He wants to say. To to Americans and especially to the church. And so I want to encourage you uh, to tune in to our live stream, uh, to get on our, our Livingstone's website. You can, you can go back and listen to the Sunday morning messages. I encourage, encourage you to share them far and wide with yeah. your friends because we're speaking the word of the Lord and we're speaking the word of the Lord prophetically into the specific context uh, that we find ourselves in today. And I think you'll find it helpful. And I think other people who are maybe asking a lot of questions or maybe living in fear, I think they will find it very helpful yeah. as far as providing some direction, uh, some course correction for where we're at yeah. today. Just go to lstones.org and click on the media button, media tab, and you should have access to our YouTube channel, which you can see all our sermons, or even just maybe download from our podcast. We have our podcast on iTunes and Spotify, so you can just download and listen on your way to work. Yes, so. amen. I want to invite you out too, if you're uh, not part of our church culture, you're looking for a church family, come on out. We've got three amazing services on Sunday morning, 8.30, 10 o'clock, 11.30, uh, and we'll be hitting these topics hard. And I tell you, it's just great to be in the presence of the Lord, worshiping with passion, seeking God, and then digging into his word together. So please join us on that. Also, let me encourage you again. We'd love to hear your comments. So as you're listening to this, uh, please make sure you respond. And we promise to respond to your response. Uh, we want to make this very interactive, all right? So have an amazing week. We love you guys. Let's keep pursuing Jesus and his lordship over our lives uh, together as we live out what it means to be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So have a great week.